everybody. Welcome back to Hughism. I'm Aaron. I'm Drew. And after uh, another brief hiatus, <laughs> we're back bringing you uh, War of the Spark, which, uh, yeah, the Storefront has been one of the most anticipated sets I think I've ever, I've, I've worked in, I don't even know how long. Sold out of a bunch of boxes. Yeah, it's, it's the first time in a while that we've sold, we hard sold out of the, the early bird or the buy box promo boxes well before the actual pre-release itself. It's the first time in a little bit that we've hard sold out of every pre-release kit we've ever had. Hey, some people are really, really excited about the set, so very, very great. You know, it's, it's Wizards doing a great job hyping it up. So uh, today we're talking about how War of the Spark impacts Cube, my Cube and Drew's and maybe yours. Who knows? But before we get into that, I want to thank our sponsor, uh, Manabase, uh, your home base for all things Magic the Gathering. Make sure to check them out for everything from Cube to Merf. We have a lot of Merfolk. Uh, yeah, with John Zajek, uh, formerly known as Nikachu, and uh, a lot of our new arena content, so make sure to check them out. But anyway, more of the spark. Surprisingly, uh, for doing the hit research for the show, there actually isn't that many mechanics, and by that many, I mean there's only one. <laughs> one new one, new one, sorry. So, they have a featured mechanic as Planeswalkers, obviously the... the I don't know if that's actually a mechanic, it's more like it's a card type. There's a lot of those. Uh, and then the return of Proliferate, so it affects all counters. Well, you know, Planeswalker is pretty good at proliferate. But a mass. A mass is the only new mechanic. So mass is, you know, a card will have a mass X. And then, you know, you get to put X plus almost one counters on a zombie army you control. If you don't have one, you make a zero, zero zombie army token. And then put that many counters on it. So that card will interact, I guess, in standard or in limited. In a very different way than it's going to interact in cube, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, you might have a card with a mass in your deck. You might have one card with a mass. <laughs> so, or in limited, I guess regular limited, you traditionally have those one creature you kind of keep piling on to. So, it's a little interesting. Uh, proliferate, unfortunately, doesn't do a whole lot for cube. As cool as Planeswalkers are, you generally don't have a huge amount of them. Uh, the plus plus one counter theme and other things like that, you know, maybe infect <laughs> if you're feeling really adventurous. There isn't a, a huge presence in cube, so unfortunately, a little bit of a miss. That being said, because a lot of cards happen to interact with Planeswalkers, it's also a bit of a miss, uh, I guess, for you know translating the cube. So, that being said, I don't think this set has any slam dunks. Yeah, for a, quite a while I was worried about getting stuff to add into my Just cube. Just playables in general. And then uh, eventually we got the Cycle of Gods, and then a few other like pretty okay ones after that. And I, I filled out a yeah. pretty large list, actually, of like lateral movements. Yeah. So again, I, I, you know, not to, to spoil the set, the the episode, episodes, if you will. Uh, no, I think again, no clear winners and no clear again slam dunks, but uh, a lot of interesting cards to try out and uh, a lot of cards to I look like you kind of have to play with them a couple times to kind of get the real. Hard feel to validate. It. Yeah, not the you know we're already using that as an excuse. So <laughs> anyway, uh, let's uh, start us off with the first card, Angrath's Rampage. So. I thought this card was an uncommon when I first saw it. I thought it was actually insane. Uh, black red sorcery. Choose one. Target player sacrifices an artifact. Target player sacrifices a creature. Or target player sacrifices a planeswalker. Kind of like an uncommon... I don't want to say Coligan's command, but... Fairly powerful uncommon. <laughs> uh, as it is, I think in a world with uh, Rakdos terminate effects, this is uh, interesting, but I think it being sorcery holds it back in cube. Probably quite a bit. Uh, I guess it's another in the long list of possible Rakdos cards to add to your removal package. So you can just, you like. You can just play the red-black removal spells package if you want. I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it, but uh, 
you can definitely run that. Uh, I guess that brings us to Blast Zone. Uh, I guess these are also, t for reference, there's an alphabetical order. No, uh, nothing else. So Blast Zone, uh, land, and enters the battlefield with a charge counter. It taps to add a colorless. Tap XX and tap it. Put X charge counters on Blast Zone. And then pay three, sacrifice it. Destroy each non-land permanent with converted mana cost equal to the number of charge counters on Blast Zone, a la Ratchet Bomb. Except Ratchet Bomb doesn't start at one. It doesn't. Like, how much better is this card if this card... Well, better. So, in standard, it's better that it starts at one. But then in Eternal formats, like modern to vintage, it's better if it started at zero, right? Being able to hit unfair cards is pretty good. Well, <laughs> even in standard, it would hit there, or even in the same set, there are mass tokens, so... It does, yeah, it does yeah. hit tokens. So it, so it doesn't kill our tokens. It kind of hates on aggro for cube, in my opinion. Yeah, it lets you kind of play this uh, no-investment card that happens to be good against those decks. This card is very interesting. I think uh, it's very powerful for what this land can do. It, do it's, you know, it doesn't get like tapped. It has a, lot of, has a lot of good going for it. I don't know... I guess the topic of flex colorless producing lands and cube doesn't come up very often. There's not many, but there's about five or so I consider yeah. them to be... You, you know, you play the, the Wasteland, City Effects, uh, Vicious Factory, the Strip Mine... Uh, and go deeper, we got Westvale Abbey. Yeah. So, this card's very interesting. I think it's very easy to try to try this card out. Uh, it's obviously a, almost a no commitment. You can swap out a poor-performing uh, colorless card for this. You, know, you can't fit it in anywhere, so... This card, uh, I think, again, it's you'll powerful. have to play with, you'll definitely, it's definitely powerful just being a, kind of, just a land. But I think to kind of get the full appeal of it, you know, you probably have to give it a, a, kind of a game or two. But I wonder how many games, I guess, this, this, this card is live against. You know, it's good against aggro decks. It's probably okay against mid-range decks, and then. Well, as long as they don't overload and say all one drops, uh, it's probably going to be kind of slow against aggro decks, I guess, because you got to charge it up and then you got to activate it. Yeah, at, at the cost of land. So let's say even though the art is going wide with one drops, even if I have to sacrifice my, my land to destroy three of them, uh, setting my whole turn aside to, to wrath them, but also to, to strip mine myself. Yeah, it depends on the makeup of your cube. Yeah. But regardless, card's powerful. I think it definitely deserves testing. <laughs> so Domri, Anarch, or Bolas? Is this like a... We're just going to tape together Domri... Raid and then Domri Chaosbringer, and you get Domri Anarch Bullets. One green red starts with three loyalty. Creatures you control get plus one plus zero. The, the static effect, oh, I guess I, I didn't mention it at the beginning of the episode, but the static effect on Planeswalkers is new. If anything, that's the mechanic. It's not yeah, Planeswalkers, the, it's static probably. offense Planeswalkers. So all Planeswalkers in the set have a static ability that is always active. So Domri's is it anthems your team, gives them all plus one plus zero. Plus one, add a red or a green to your mana pool. Creature, creature spells you cast this turn cannot be countered. And then minus two, a target creature you control fights dark creature you don't control. So it has a bunch of abilities kind of taped together from old Domri's that kind of make it playable at three mana. It has a very medium upside or plus one effect, but it has the, the trades off of having the static ability of buffing your team. And then the minus two fight one of your guys into their guys uh, it is good. So especially after Antheming, your, your Lano Worlds can trade with their X2s now. So, as against I am of adding or increasing my Planeswalker level, I'm going to try this. Uh, I really liked original Domery that it could fight things. Yeah. It was a very nice ability to have on a Planeswalker. Even if that card drew, even if Domery Raid drew you a card half the time, it'd be, it'd be good enough. But it's like a third of the time or a quarter of the time. So, the, the mana ability on Domery, I'm not super keen on, like you said. 
Uh, well, it's, it's still okay because you can ramp this guy on turn two. It's still fine. I guess I even you can go though straight to five. Even though it is a benefit that your spells can't be countered, it, I, I dislike the inherently hating out something else because of it. But that aside, Domri uh, Anarchobolus, while very uh, well, very modest looking, I think is, is is rather good. But it's also when happens to be in a in a fairly weak color combination. So like Gruul has too many. You know, there aren't a lot of cards clawing at that 5th place spot, and uh, Domi Anarchables is definitely up there. It's definitely clogged at the 4cc range, where this one costs 3. Yeah, I've been playing Domri Chaosbringer for a bit just to try it out, and that card, it's been fine. It's been exactly what you expect it to be. The fact that your card's getting riot is neat. The rest of that card doesn't really have a lot going for it, but Domri Anarchables is uh, definitely the next version of Domri I'll be trying out. That brings us to Dreadhorde Arcanist. So it's one red, one three zombie wizard. It's Arcanist. Arcanist, whatever. Yeah. It has the uh, the, uh, the dread horde. Its first appearance in this in, in the spoiler. The uh, creatures that Bolus brings over from Amiket. So it's a two mana one three trample zombie wizard. Yeah, wizard's nice. Also zombie, bring back grave crawler. That's a combo. Whenever dread horde Arcanist attacks, you may cast uh, target instant or sorcery card with convert a mana cost. Less than or equal to its power from your graveyard without paying its mana cost. If that card would be put into your graveyard this turn, exile instead. So it Snapcasters your graveyard for one CMC cards. Let's see if Domri in play. After it attacks. It doesn't have to connect. It only has to attack. Which isn't that hard. It's got a trample. So it does have trample. Which is kind of weird. But I guess it's the, you, this card is obviously designed to, like, you should make this have more power. So. This card is weird. It doesn't fit into like the typical red decks. It's like probably just worse direfully daredevil with a higher ceiling. It reminds me of a three casting cost card. It's like a one three with double strike and yeah. trample. And uh, I think it gave you the top card of your. Deck. Oh yeah, flame plated depths. Yeah, one red that guy was fine. It was neat, but this requires yeah like one C oh, with no help one CMC cards in your graveyard, extra bolts and stuff, which is not hard that in the red deck. Yeah. I think red is pretty clogged with two drops now. There's like a, a uh, pretty high amount of playables, and Dreadhorde Canis. I think a, a little, a little too, uh, a little too late. Uh, unfortunately, I think Dar again. I think Darfly Daredevil kind of does what this card wants to do. Well, not at all what the card does because it targets your opponent's graveyard. Uh, better. Yeah. <laughs> but, and it attacks more without help. Yeah, the the one the one three is bad. I understand this card doesn't have one power, but uh, you know you don't you don't really want to be committing two and a one one three on your in your in the red deck. <laughs> Which is a Dreadhorde Invasion. One in a black enchantment. At being your upkeep, you lose one life and amass one. Whenever a zombie token you control with power six or greater attacks, it gains life like until end of turn. You don't have to read that text. It's not relevant. Wow. My carrion feeder can gain lifelink. Not a zombie token. My scarab god <laughs> tokens with rank horse can gain lifelink. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> Checks out. So this card... Isn't Bitter Blossom, obviously. And like this is the only time we discussed previously how you'll never have multiple multiple triggers of a mass. This card does literally only that. So I think at face value, this card's like, ah, this card's bad, Bitter Blossom, right? But maybe making one big guy is better than making a bunch of evasion one ones. That sounds wrong. But well, well, remember, generally, we have to argue how big a creature can be before it is relevant. And if this slowly builds a large creature over a large amount of turns. Yeah, so typically, if you want to play this card, you obviously want to play it uh, in pairing with all the sacrifice, abusable, you know, things that 
uh, red, black, or black X can do. It stacks, you braids, you name it. Uh, being able to generate a free guy every turn, uh, you know, isn't something to, 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 shot, to scoff at. That's what I'm looking, at, looking for. Uh, very easy to abuse. I don't know if it's good. <laughs> I'm going to try it, I think, at this point of the recording. I'm going to try it. it. And I don't think I like it at all. It just look, feels really poor to me, I guess. Mostly because Bitter Blossom, <laughs> while strictly better, hasn't been, like, something to write home about recently. Yeah, I've been like, uh, yeah, Bitter Blossom performs, I think it's performs better in my list. I couldn't tell you why. I think maybe it's just, you know, people prefer it. I, I like Bitter Blossom quite a bit. The fact that this card gives you an out to gain your life back is nice. It does take you... No, it doesn't. Six turns. It gives you, That's a, a lot. A Scarab God plus health. Scarab you know? God. Like, dictate a Heliod. Boom. Yeah. So, again, I think if, uh, unlike Drew, who doesn't have a lot of uh, ways to kind of abuse these 1-1 tokens, I think if uh, if you do, this card's probably worth taking a look at. Much better. Free free, free card of return like, isn't bad. Ooh. Enter the God Eternals. This card's sick. Spoiler alert. Two blue, blue, black sorcery. Enter the God Eternals deals four damage to target creature. Uh, you gain life equal to the damage dealt this way. Target player puts the top four cards of their library into their graveyard. Amass four. So I guess you can... If this guy... If you go Dreadhorde Invasion and... Into, this, enter the God Eternals. Then you, we can gain some life. After your, your, token's still, your token's still only a 5-5, five, five, but... Next no, turn. There's a, there's a CMC discrepancy there. Oh, I guess, yeah. That makes sense. So this card's sweet. This card's like... A lot of cards I like. This card's like a bad cruel ultimatum. It's a better Ribbons and Knight. It's a... It's mostly those cards. Uh, it's kind of, yeah. <laughs> this card's sweet, and it's 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 in a color combination that needs it. You know, once something resolves, it's not that black has a hard time dealing with it, but being able to gain your life back from a lot of cards, that, a lot of black cards that cost you life, plus the blue part of it and not being able to deal with things so so well. It's kind of a, a good a good marriage of what this color combination wants to do: kills a guy, makes a threat, gains life, mills your opponent, <laughs> or you. Who knows? You know why not? I'm really a big fan of Ribbons of Night, and it's just never been close. And since no. this uh, actually makes a 4-4, it's better than drawing a card. Uh, almost all the time. Yeah, so I know my Demir section is what... It was all creatures until I recently added a fifth card, I think it was, and I added Ashiok. And I have nothing to bad to against Ashiok, but this card's sweet. I have nothing to say about Ashiok. It doesn't do anything. <laughs> this card is sweet, and like I've, I've considered playing... Was it the Guild's card recently? Thief of Sanity? Because that card... That card real good. You play, you know, you kind of miss out on standard. Play the card in arena a couple times. Like, ooh, this card's real good. Anyway, out with you for sanity and Yashiok. In comes Enter the God Eternal. Super excited to try this card out. I think it's exactly again what I kind of want in that color pairing. So, big fan. Big fan. Art's good too. Big maximum fan. Not a fan. Had fiddle the fiddle, lost. Fiddle thip. Fiddle thip. Drew knows memes better than I know memes. Philthip the Lost, one in a blue <laughs> legendary creature. Homunculus, 1 1. When it enters the battlefield. Homunculus. Draw a card. If it enters the battlefield, uh, enters the battlefield from your library or was cast from your library, draw two cards instead. Whenever it becomes the target of a spell, shuffle it into its. I didn't know it had that line of text. I actually. Shuffle it into I'm its try owner's this library. Card. I didn't even know it had that text until you read it. Well, what are you going to do? Like, like shock it? <laughs> Yeah. So blue elvish visionary, in a, a color that can abuse elvish visionary more, maybe probably not. As a known hater of elvish visionary, oh, I'm a, I'm uh, a I will try this card, and it's really good in Simic. 
So you can get a pot it out. You can you collect a company it out. Collect a company it out. You can quarter calling it out. You can visit menagerie it out. You can our next card finale of devastation it out. No, no, that card's bad. Does it, does it, does it only mean green? You can finale devastation it out. It's bad. Though. You can do a lot of things. Yeah, but not in blue. I don't think you could do anything in blue no. to help this out. Again, can, if Augur Bolus hit fifty percent of the time, is Augur Bolus better? Maybe. <laughs> if Augur Bolus hit hundred percent of the time, it's a thousand percent better. But if it hits 25% of the time, it's like probably not as good. I'm not going to try this card. I'm going to try this card. How about Finale Devastation? It goes and finds a fiddle flip. You said it right this time. Yeah. Green Green X, search your library, or green, sorcery, search your library and or graveyard for a creature cost with a convert amount of cost, X or less, and put it onto the battlefield. If you search your library this way, shuffle it. If X is 10 or more, creatures you control get plus X plus X, gain Hex, uh, gain Hex, gain Haste until end of turn. This costs one green too many. Well, it's not green than death. Like, right. And it's obviously it's not just strictly better green than death. It either than the well, strictly Convoke, or cost one less. Yeah, I think this is a good balance of green than death in one hand, and then you have quarter calling in the other hand, and then you have... The dead zone of final, unplayable final, cards final in the Finale of Devastation, it's like... Eh. I don't know if I, I well, I'm not sure. I don't like it over a cord or Greenstone Zenith. So the fact that obviously the no restriction of not having to find a green guy is, is, is good. You can get graveyard. It also hits graveyard, which is neat. But I don't know. Like maybe maybe this card is probably worth trying out over a cord. I'm not like huge fan of cord. I do like the card. It performs fine. I think this card is easily worth swapping out for cord for you know a couple cubes and you know see what the difference is. Probably you could try that. Yeah. I'm not. Buying a foil version of this well, I don't play foils. I'm poor. I'm poor boy. You just proxy. Finale of Glory. X white white sorcerer. Create X white two two soldier tokens. If uh, oh, with vigilance. Yard's really nice with those tokens. If X is ten or more, also create four X X. No, create X four four white angel creature tokens with flying and vigilance. So I guess most of these cards you just never assume you get in ten, which is fine. So at face value, this card is like three mana, make a two two. Four mana make two two twos. Five mana make three two twos. That scale's fine. It's super unexciting. I yeah, guess, but uh, you could like secure the wastes or white sun zenith or decree of justice. Seven years ago. Yeah, seven. I still have a foil one. I like the card a lot. So, I guess the dark comparison is the the, the, the more playable of, all, of them all beyond uh, angels. Decree. Treat the angels. That oh. One. So let's say secure the waste. Secure the waste is probably the more the the, the most played version of this effect. I like Secure the Waste. It kind of fits into the White Weenie decks while also fitting into Control decks, where this will kind of just fit into White Weenie decks, because I can't imagine Control decks want to play this. They'd rather play White Sun's in it. Which is also an instant. Yeah, this card's fine. This card's like a really weird mythic. <laughs> but I guess it's like, you know, the flavor of the finales, which is fine. Yeah, I'm not sold on this card. I, again, would rather just keep playing Secure the Waste, being instant, you know, more flexible. Blah, 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 blah. He's playing in every draft it ends, it ends up in some deck, even if it doesn't deserve to be in that deck. Yeah, probably. This card's not exciting. Fine. I give it the 630 plus. 6.5 out of 10? No. Played in the 630 plus. Oh. That was a rating. <laughs> it's also a meme. Numbers. That brings us to Gideon Blackblade. One white white. Four loyalty. Legendary Planeswalker. Zombie Gideon. Rest in peace, Gideon. As long as it's your turn, Gideon Blackblade is a 4-4 human soldier creature with indestructible that's still a Planeswalker. Prevent all combat damage that'll be dealt. Oh, sorry, prevent all damage that'll be dealt to Gideon Blackblade during your turn. Plus one, up to one other target creature you control gains 
Your choice of Vigilance, Lifelink, or Indestructible to end turn. Then minus six. Exile target on my permanent. So this is another Gideon's Trials. But this for this Gideon, this iteration of Gideon, you don't have to animate him. That, that part's free. You know, you get that, you know, that's what you get for the down payment. But in uh, the trade-off is you get these kind of like, this marginal, one marginal ability. That's a nice ultimate. And then like an ultimate that, again... It's minus six. It is an ultimate for like uh, one of the first, or very rarely does Gideon actually have an ultimate. And this one actually... Yeah, usually his ultimate is animate him, right? So. Or it's like a make an emblem, or... The other one, I think, makes an, makes an emblem. <laughs> anyway, so... I think this Gideon, this Gideon is the best... Is the most a creature than anything else. So it's 3-mana efficient 4-4 four, four in your white decks. Versus the other ones where they'll have some sort of other implications. So even Gideon of the Trials, who most of the time is a 3-mana 4-4, four, four, can randomly make an emblem and interact with your opponent that way. Yeah, if they're a control deck, uh, you're looking to fog some guys. Yeah, it know. does random other things, where Gideon Blackblade is a creature, and it's going to attack. Um, again, it's either a plus one ability is okay, making creatures indestructible in combat, um, giving something vigilance to maybe protect itself the following turn. This this creature is, you know, this creature's fine. It's, I think it's marginally better than Trials, but not huge. But I'm still going to swap out Trials for Blackblade, because uh, Gideon of the Trials... Is an extra white planeswalker I play because it's more creature than planeswalker, and this one is especially more creature than planeswalker. So I'm I'm okay having extra white planeswalkers because of it. It's got good art. Yeah, favorite art, favorite Gideon art. I'm gonna throw up the uh, the anime art in the splash screen. No, at the bottom. No, this one is not good. There is one later. Actually, the the, the Dom we talked about already has success sweet art, but not so much uh, uh, the gold black wing. So God Eternal Bontu. First of the God Eternals. First of a couple we're talking about. A few? I think it's a few. It's more than two. So. Three black black. Zombie god. That's good. It interacts with Carrion Feeder. And not... Dread Crawler? Not Dread Horn. Whatever the card is. Not a Dread Crawler. That's right. <laughs> Three black black. Zombie god. Five six. Menace. When it enters the battlefield, sacrifice any number of other permanent. Draw that many cards. When it dies, or is put into exile... Uh, you may put it on top of its owner's library, third from the top, which is a recurring theme in all of them. Which is kind of say, so it doesn't really die. It you know comes back a little later on. So five mana, five six menace. It comes into play, sacrifice permanent, draw that many cards. This is the upfront upfront stats. It's competing in a um, in a in a shallow. CMC that was very shallow until we got uh, Doom Whisperer. So it's a little better. You have Custody Lich, Sinisi, Doom Whisperer, God Eternal Bantu. So we got Eternal Bantu. Great version. Shriekmaw. Oh, Shriekmaw. You know what? Shriekmaw's is... Karkar's like two most of the time. That card's great. You know, don't mean to leave out Shriekmaw. Great merch on the other hand. Also Zombie. Great crawler. Anyway. Big fan. I think God Eternal Bantu... God Eternal Bantu... Uh, is gonna perform... Pretty medium in most lists. In any list that has even a little bit of catering... To... You know, being able to make extra tokens. Uh, you know, the... Uh, more of the the Cloggoat Ranger esque kind of creatures, Haunted Dead, that kind of effect. Even the Dread Horde, the not bitter blossom card we talked about earlier. Those kind of things lying around make this card obviously perform significantly better. Uh, I think with no extra no extra effort, uh, Bontu's probably gonna cash in a permanent or two. It's gonna be fine. I think that's more than fine. Yeah, I think you know it's because it's a five it, six menace. That's that's beef. The body's good. Menace is I think maybe it's better than you think it's gonna be most of the time. I'm happy with this card. This card's really interesting. I think with a very little extra work, this card becomes 
Um, I don't want to say very good, but good. The but, only relevance I can equate it to is uh, Noxious Gearhulk. You know, it comes in, kills a guy, but the, the menace part, it's very hard to block. The probably. menace part of Gearhulk is, was kind of unassuming. You just assume it's this giant, life gainy Shriek Maw effect. That ends up being, because it has menace, it's being a better attacker than you think it's going to be. So and this I, thing's bigger. Yeah, I assume God Eternal Bonte is going to perform similar, similarly, but trading off, killing a guy with, uh, you know, tra- cashing in Grave Crawlers for free card for free cards. So I think God, God Eternal Bonte will play a little better than you think it will, and then significantly better with any amount of help. So I welcome these, you know, more powerful black creatures. I think if uh, we didn't get gifted Doom Whisperer recently, that we'd be more excited, but I think it kind of casts a shadow on Bonte. But I still like it. Big fan of the art. God Eternal Capnet. Two, two blue blue zombie god. Grave Crawler. That's cool. Anyway, 4-5 flying. You may reveal the first card you draw each turn when you draw it, or as you draw it. Whenever you reveal an instant or sorcery card this way, copy that card and you may cast the copy. That copy costs two less to cast. And whenever it dies, it gets exiled, put it there from the top. That's a weird ability. Yeah, like mirror. Miracles all your draws and like buys you additional cantrips, I assume. Blue's in this really weird area. They've, just, they've been uh, pumping out for blue creatures, I guess, in each set. Let's just make a hyper-efficient blue creature. Blue Add abilities and see if it's playable. Right? Like, let's make it scry. Let's make it do these other weird things. Like, yeah, just like make hyper-efficient creatures with upside. They get the best spells, they can draw cards, get the best But they creatures. just like never see play. <laughs> they just yeah. never see play yeah, in, in, in like standard. And God of the World Kefnet is, is, is wild. Like, you just look at that card and you're like, oh, well, you know, I reveal counter spells and stuff. It's not that good. Like, what is this card actually going to do for me? It's probably going to buy you another Ponder. <laughs> if you're lucky, it can buy you like an extra Swords of Potters or something. Like, this card's pretty zany. I think this card will be extremely high variance. So, how much do you want a 4-mana, four 4-5 four, flying creature in blue? I like that kind of thing. Yeah, that body isn't bad. You know, it's a, it's a solid card you can like you can play as a way to win the game. And then it randomly interacts really sweet with like Scroll Rack and Brainstorm and Jace and all these other cool cards. Uh, but like... Its yeah. ability seems extremely difficult to evaluate. I like to evaluate things on the safe side, so I assume... So assuming this ability... Four games, one match, yeah. activates once. Assuming this ability will never activate. Unless you work hard to make it activate. Four mana, four five flying, is that cut good enough? Yeah. I think with the... With the, 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 the uh, I don't, even, I don't even want to say risk-reward, but the the potential of like how sweet the upside could be makes this card really, really interesting. And blue... Doesn't have a huge pool of creatures. That this card's definitely intra- definitely worth a try. I think that's good. Cool art, zombie grave crawler. Good theme. God Eternal or Ketra. Also good with grave crawler. Three white white, three six, zombie god. Double strike. Whatever you cast a creature spell, create a four four black zombie warrior creature token with vigilance. Doesn't gain life point. Also good with grave crawler. When God Eternal Ketra dies or exits out, you may put a third from the top. I was like really excited when I first saw this card. Obviously because of the Gravecrawler implications. But I think the more you kind of like look at this card and like... Yeah, you realize the card, art's really good? good? I actually like the art. No, really? But uh... I don't know. There's so, a lot going on. But. Let's say you're playing this with the, this is white deck and you curve into this card. Then what? Like This card has the potential of making my top decks better. Your Isimaru comes with a 4-4. Right. And like the body is fine. You know, it's it's jump-locked, but that's... You know, whatever. I'm going to try this because I hate Sun Titan. 
yeah, I think Sun is kind of whatever, uh, to be honest. Um, but that being said, let, let, let's just compare it to other five drops. So, uh, in white five drops, you can have stuff like Baneslayer or Lyra, right? Or the other side of it, but we're like Avacyn. Archangel. But, yeah, Archangel. Big flying idiots. Or you can play like Cloudwell Ranger effects. So, Angel of Intervention. You have big, big, bigger, beefier threats that have evasion, or, uh, smaller bodies that like, Distribute power and kind of go wide, and then there's a then there's God of Turtle Catcher who's kind of in the middle. It is neither. Its body's big, gets chump blocked. It doesn't go wide, but it makes your top decks better. It makes future draws better. So at just that face value, I'd take either option over this option, right? It's another one of those in the middle cards. Yeah. yeah. So this card can be like can be better. Obviously, you know the I play it and then I oh I saw Mru's all of a sudden playable. And, oh, this other creature all of a sudden sweet, but. Cloggle Ranger or Cloggle Ranger esque effects are going to make, you know, kind of go wide again, give you lots of threats. Or one very efficient threat. And this card does neither of that, but it makes, again, it makes your draws better. Which I don't know is better than either either camp. It's kind of warm. It kind of makes you hard to stick with it. I yeah. guess, as a, as, a, as a card, yeah. That being said, again, because uh, White does have a lot of, you know, column A and column B, this is the other column C. Little diversity. Yeah, it does. It does a little more diversity. Diversity in that. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of different big flyers. There's a handful. How, how many white five drops are too many? I could use some fours. Yeah, but I could definitely use some fours. Like, what do you play? You I'm play... still playing garbage four mana Ketra, and I don't want to. Like, what do you play? You play Bane, Baneslayer or Lyra or both. If you you know, really like that effect, Lyra, uh, and then like Avacyn. Yeah, and then a Congo Ranger effect. You probably play at least one. And I play two: Angel Invention and Rio Caracal. And I play something in the middle that's neither one of those two. Thalia's Lancers. Yeah, I like this card probably... Uh, well, Thalia's Lancers is more interesting I have a card, I think. Yeah, I think... Because that card comes to play, it draws your card. This card does, still doesn't right? do that. It doesn't do anything immediately, right? So, I don't know where I'm quite with, quite at with Oketra. I, I think it's a very neat card. I think it's powerful. That's why I'm going to slide Sundine down from the 6-mana slot and just run with it for now. Yeah. Anyway, lots of lots of options in, in uh, Wave 5s. But playable. That's all Legato Turtles we have today. We're not talking about Ronus. I don't think Ronus is very good. Ronus is bad. Obviously, it obviously can't give Trample, otherwise that ability is too good. But because it doesn't give Trample, it's like not very good. That's our, that's the that's the Ronus conversation. So that brings us to the end of part one. You know, uh, like we said at the beginning of the episode, uh, that we don't think there's any you know slam dunks or obvious includes. Or, well, maybe not. Some you know, some that, good that alternatives. Yeah. But a lot of good alternatives. A lot of cards that we're trying out. That even though without these slam dunks. This set's very deep. I think we're talking about almost 30 cards or about 30 cards. So, well, let's talk about even with, the, with those things aside. So, I think War of the Spark will end up being a fairly influential set, even with all these kind of maybes and unsure, you know, blah, 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 safe this, blah, 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 that. Will that be good overall? And, uh, because of how, uh, because of how many cards we're talking about, we're, like I said, we're chopping it, chopping it up into two parts. So, we believe we'll be releasing the. Second part, at least some amount of day or days after the first. But uh, make sure to tune in for the second part here, and make sure to follow us here on the Manabase. Uh, or the uh, YouTube channel, also the Manabase. But for that, uh, I guess other than that, that's all I have for today. I'm Aaron. I'm Drew. Thanks for watching.